Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of The Relatable Voice. Today, the RV is headed towards Southern California to speak with Jack Rasmussen. Jack is an entrepreneur, author, and model. He's also the author of the book, Fine Dining, The Secrets Behind the Restaurant Industry, which is coming out this May. So, Jack, welcome to The Relatable Voice. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super grateful to be here, and I'm excited for our conversation. Yes, me too. And I am so happy to go to California. It's my first time in California. No way. You'll love it here. It's, It's warm. It's gorgeous. Beautiful beaches. A lot to do. I'm pretty sure. So, Jack, you mentioned something earlier to me about how you are finishing your last semester at USC and you plan to stay in Taiwan for a year. That sounds exciting. And why Taiwan? That's correct. Yeah, so I'm a senior here at the University of Southern California. I study business administration, and I'm a double minor in cinematic arts and sports media industries. So I really want to go into the entertainment industry. And I'm looking to connect with some agencies right now, some creative agencies to help me move my career forward. Um, But yeah, my, my plan is I applied for Fulbright scholarship, which is a fully funded international scholarship where they send students to another country. So I chose Taiwan. I did a lot of research on Taiwan and really fell in love with the country. So I'm currently a semi-finalist for the award. I have not gotten it yet. I'll find out in a month if Uh I'm a finalist. So I'm really fingers crossed for that. If not, I'd still love to go there. But Taiwan has a huge entertainment industry. So when I get there, I'm going to try to build my portfolio hopefully. And then when I come back to LA in 2023, I'll have something to show, you know, producers and and people who I want to work with here. So that's sort of my plan. Uh, We'll see if it works out. That sounds like an amazing plan. And I'm crossing my fingers for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yes, of course. And Taiwanese cuisine is famous. And you know what I love? I love that beef noodles. Oh my gosh, I love (laughs) Also, I love the bubble tea. And I know that's originally from there. So is there an specific food or dish from Taiwan that you crave? Ooh, I mean, I I love all types of foods. Um, I think... What I crave, I actually don't eat beef, so I can't eat beef noodles, um, but I love ramen. I love, um, I actually got ramen this weekend, so I think trying ramen in Taiwan um, would be amazing. I, I love all types of Asian foods, so 
chicken, um, curries, uh, dumplings, spring rolls. Uh, I, I love it all. So uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited. I did hear that they have great food there. So I will definitely be, be traveling from restaurant to restaurant out there. Might have to do another book just on Taiwanese food. Yes, and I'm jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> so Jake, how did you first get into writing? Yeah, that's a great question. I've always been into writing my whole life, specifically creative writing. And growing up, I, I would write things and I would love to tell stories. So mm. I, I would write a lot of nonfiction stories and I just would keep it, keep it in my room. And I took a lot of advanced writing classes in high school. I took um, AP literature and AP language uh, which is advanced placement here in the United States. And then when I came to college, I always wanted to, you know, have my personal stamp on something that I could show the world. So I decided to write a book and I study entrepreneurship here at USC. I also studied entrepreneurship at Stanford University in Northern California. So I kind of wanted to utilize what I learned about entrepreneurship, but I wanted it to be more focused and specific so I chose food and I started interviewing a lot of chefs uh, throughout the United States, starting in my hometown, Los Gatos in Northern California, and just got a bunch of information, you know, all the different aspects that go into it from the service, the chef, the location, um, all these different things that we don't think about, like menu psychology, marketing, how do you choose the name of your business, you know? So all these different um, ideas and it was such a fun experience. And I just, I started writing this year and I'm still editing a little bit, but um, yeah, it's been a really fun experience. I'm excited for it to come out because I have a few people contributing to my forward at the beginning of the book and we might do a podcast. We might do a book tour in the summer. So a lot of things to come for sure. Wow, that sounds so interesting. <laughs> and you have a new book coming out called Fine Dining, The Secrets Behind the Restaurant Industry. So can you quickly tell us what the book is about? Of course, it's about what you yeah, were talking yeah. about, but is there more things that you can tell us without giving too much? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to give it all away, but I, it's, it, there's a little snippet about the history of the restaurant industry and how fine dining came to the United States from Europe, where actually you're from. It started in Europe and um, a few chefs started it there and then it sort of spread to the United States. So I, I cover the history. I also cover some of the best, um, how some of the best restaurants in the United States came to be. So I live in LA. So some of the Best restaurants here are Elefante, um, Pink Taco, Bestia, Bavel, Joey DTLA. So I, I kind of made my round around here, getting contacts from chefs and owners and interviewing them. I recently went to Felix uh, in Santa Monica, which is a really famous Italian place. And I was talking to um, Evan Funk and his, he's a celebrity chef and his famous Uh, and his um, PR manager. And I was just trying to understand, you know, how he, what makes his restaurant so successful. So I think 
um, kind of studying that, studying what makes a restaurant successful, how these people came to be, because a lot of chefs work their whole lives to build, you know, build up their career to open up this one concept that they've been wanting to open up for 30 years and it's been on their minds and it's it's their passion project so they can finally open it after getting all the training that they had and then there's other owners who are just owners who are entrepreneurs who want to open up a restaurant because they want to feed the local people and so they they have to go out and find a chef yesterday i was talking to a usc student who was actually born in india and created a restaurant in india because he just loved food he was a foodie and he traveled all the time so he opened up this restaurant called north to south and he he was serving it it was a really popular restaurant in india in pune pune because he served north and south food from india so what he did was he traveled to the north had to hand pick a chef up in the north and he traveled down to the south to get a chef from the south and then he put both the chefs together to create a menu that was a fusion between both. So a lot of owners have to do that where they have to find a chef. They're not the chef themselves. So there's, there's definitely, you know, different um, types of restaurants in that sort of respect. And I also, you know, I was, I love food and I love taking pictures of food. So uh, I was looking at menu psychology, you know, what do you put on your menu? What do you show on your menu? And how does that attract customers? Because it's it's so interesting, you know, and it, a lot of thought goes into that as well. So, yeah, it's it's a really interesting space because it's very hard to succeed. And I also was so interested in it because coming out of the pandemic, a lot of people had to pivot their business models in the restaurant industry where they had to do to-go orders or they had to do you know, groceries, or they had to do pop-up restaurants or, or food trucks in order to stay open. And a lot of restaurants had to close. So a lot of the stories in the book revolve around what chefs had to do in order to stay open throughout the pandemic and dealing with COVID-19, because it was so, it was such a hard thing to deal with. You know, they had to lay off a lot of employees and a lot of them were left in debt. So that's a big portion of the book as well. So yeah, it covers a lot of different topics. So basically, it gives a lot of advice. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And, I, and for me, I want people to be inspired to take a second look at restaurants, because I think a lot of people take it for granted. They just kind of go and they eat, but they don't think about you know, what, where is this food that I'm eating coming from? You know, mm-hmm. who's cooking this food? Uh, chefs are a lot like teachers in the way that they don't really get the respect that they deserve. And they're very kind of behind closed doors. And so I really want to inspire people to have a higher level of respect for the food they eat and the restaurants that they visit. This book is a nonfiction. So how did you go about researching this industry? So was it easy to find those people to like to interview? Was it easy for you to reach them and have them talking with you? It actually wasn't. The, I, most of the people I talked to, I met in person. So I'd go to the restaurants that I loved. And then I would just walk up to the 
the hostess or ask my waiter. I would love to speak to the chef. Um, I have a project that I'm really passionate about. And that's sort of how most of them happen. Other ways, I have a wide network and, and people, I, people knew that I was writing this nonfiction book and they would give me contacts of chefs, of chefs of really good restaurants that they loved. And that was another way I was able to interview people. Other than that, I did a lot of research online. There's a lot of uh, research on restaurants. And so I kind of did a deep dive on that, which really helped. Encyclopedia uh, Britannica and, and the history of the restaurant industry and interviews also posted online, TED Talks, things like that. So I use the internet for sure as well. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. You've never worked in a restaurant, have you? I haven't. No, I've I've been the customer. That's why. <laughs> that's why I, I probably don't know all the stress that is behind the scenes. But I know. I know that the kitchen is is a very stressful scene. I know it is. Yeah. Yes. So, what was the most surprising or interesting thing you learned about restaurants during the process of creating this book? I think for me, I always thought food was the central piece of a restaurant, and I was always like, when I was talking to chefs, I'd be, I want them to talk about their food and. Uh, owners and chefs, I, I was thought the food would be the most important aspect. Like, why do you serve salmon or why do you serve chicken and what sauce do you put on it? And what's your most popular meal? But every single time I, I interviewed an owner, they would always talk about hiring the right employees or how their service always gets customers back. They would always talk about customer relationships rather than the food. So it was very interesting. And one chef said, the restaurant industry is just in the hospitality industry. So we just needed to treat our customers right. It doesn't really matter about, I mean, the food is, is important, but what's most important is the service. And service, uh, one chef said, food gets people in the door, but service gets people to come back. So I think... Uh, that was something surprising to me. I didn't expect it, that service would be kind of the most important aspect of the industry um, because people want, people want a waiter that's, you know, very friendly and they, they want to be treated right, you know. So that was, that was interesting, very interesting, yeah. Absolutely. And I read online this sentence, food deserves respect and so do the hands that prepare it at every restaurant you eat at what do you mean by that yeah i i kind of touched on it a little bit but i think one of the biggest problems in our country and i think worldwide is food waste in general and 40 of the food that we produce in the united states is thrown out 
which to me is is mind-blowing 40 percent that's four out of ten that's crazy it's like four out of ten plates we have four are being thrown out and the amount of people that die from hunger a year is is insane so for me and i i know that i live a very privileged life and i'm surrounded by people who are from very wealthy families here at usc and i see food that is literally thrown out every single day and it makes it makes me so angry it's my biggest pet peeve is throwing away food because i know that someone out there would love to eat it so that's kind of what inspired me to create a nonprofit in the bay area where i feed the homeless from food from soup kitchens that the food that they throw out they give to us and then i go out and feed it to the people in um, where I live in San Jose. So for me, it's always been my mission is to like stop food waste because I, I just know it's so important. And so the mission for that quote in particular is kind of aimed at that where, yeah, of course, you know, we, I don't have to worry about, you know, going hungry because I'm, I'm lucky and blessed in my life and a lot of my friends don't. But I think we still need to acknowledge the fact that a lot of people do, and we need to respect the food and eat, you know, and I don't know, just think about it, you know, before you throw something out, just think about it. Could I be giving this to someone? Cause there might be someone on the street where you live who needs food. So just walk out and give it to them, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that was what, where I was aiming with that quote. Yeah, and this is a beautiful mission. This Thank you, is, I appreciate it. Of course, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves as well. What are your thoughts on food waste? And did writing this book change or open your view? I thought that restaurants might have a better way of going about it, but honestly, no, not really. They, they do have to throw out a lot of things because they can't keep you know, certain foods in their inventory because it's, it's perishable. So yeah, a lot of fish, chicken is just thrown out, which is so, it's so frustrating. That's why um, actually last year, my junior year when I was here in an entrepreneurship class, I created this company. I mean, obviously we didn't go through with it, but I pitched it. It's called Food Mate. And the purpose of it was to go around to different restaurants in the LA community to pick up the food each night, to then come and come into a kitchen, have a centralized kitchen in LA, cook it and serve it for really cheap so people in South Central could, could buy it. Um, but that, and I think there needs to be a company like that because a lot of restaurants really do throw out most of their food. So it's a, it's a huge problem. Um, and, I don't know. I'm hopeful for the future. Maybe we can figure something out, but there definitely needs to be something, something that we need to do for sure. Yeah, it's a pity. And I hope yeah. Yeah, we can solve this problem. So you are so young and you've already accomplished quite a bit. What are your next goals? I know you have many, so start telling <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have many. You're right. I want to go into entertainment. So I want to do either uh, broadcast media or 
uh, go into the movie industry, producing or acting or um, doing more modeling. So those are kind of the things I wanted. I love being on camera. I was on TV last year and I just love the experience. So I want to do more on camera stuff. Um, so if I'm in Taiwan, my plan is to do more acting classes because I, I haven't really done a lot of acting classes. So probably get more into that. And I think over there, I, I'll look, I'll stand out a little bit more than here in LA because a lot of people look like me in LA. <laughs> so in Taiwan, um, I think I'll be more unique. So maybe that'll help me out a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's my goal. And you will see how it goes. Um, this summer, I, I applied to work for a few companies. So I'm waiting to hear for them. That would be before I go to Taiwan for a year and get more experience in broadcasting. I worked at a radio station in Santa Cruz a few years ago in 2020. And that was a really good experience for me because I got to do more storytelling. Mm -hmm. So doing more of that would be would definitely be a dream for me. And I can see you maybe playing a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. I would love to do that. Like American captain. <laughs> so is there a message you want to leave for our listeners out there? Any message? Yeah, yeah I would say uh, this has been sort of my motto for the past year and a half, but My motto is all gas, no break, which means it, it is kind of a car reference. But for me, it's you're going to go through so many obstacles in your life. And I think it's important to just keep going and keep pushing and keep being yourself because life is way too short to get bogged down by any negativity or, or anybody who tries to doubt you or tells you you can't do something just use it as fire and, and keep doing what you're doing. Because if you don't stop, you know, the, the only person in your way is yourself in your life. So I think just keep being yourself, keep pushing forward and being positive because good things will come to you if you stay positive. I love it. I love it. And I'm sure our listeners will be very curious to learn more about you and your book. So how can we find you online? Yeah, so I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn at Raz5, R-A-Z-Z-5. And then I'm also on Facebook at Raz5FB, R-A-Z-Z-F-B. So you can connect with me there. Yeah. And Jack, you also will be featured on our blog and our e-magazines. So just access www.luciamatuonto.com and you'll find more about Jack and his book, Fine Dining, The Secrets Behind the Restaurant Industry. So Jack, I wish you success and please promise that when you are famous, you will come back. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm loyal to you till the end. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Of course, I love to have you here. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. 
Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.